0: We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. This is episode 40, Doctrine and Covenants 115 through 120. His sacrifice shall be more sacred unto me than his increase. We're studying it October 11th through the 17th. First section is called I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How can we help the children recognize the blessings of being part of the Church of Jesus Christ? So, the first suggestion in the manual says ask the children if any of them can say the full name of the church. Um I like this because I think even as adults sometimes we struggle saying the full name of the church, which is why we're so much more comfortable Shortening it, right? We can say it. It just is long, right? So if the kids can say it, that's awesome, especially those little ones. And hopefully, they know the name of the church because they've been learning songs about "I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints," and hopefully, that will stick in their heads and they'll remember the name of the church. So. You can show the church logo or like a missionary tag that says the full name of the church on it. and as, Or you can even write the name of the church on a chalkboard or on a piece of paper or something. And show the kids the name of the church. And you can read it to them. If they're old enough to read, they can read it with you. And you can talk about each of the words if um, that's appropriate. Um, and then you can also read Doctrine and Covenants 115 verse 4. It says, For thus shall my church be called in the last days, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, talk about why each of these words is important. The Church of Jesus Christ belongs to Jesus of Latter-day Saints. And what does that mean? We live in the latter days and we're saints. What does it mean to be a saint? Well, first of all, it's a follower of Jesus Christ and someone who is seeking to be perfect. Right? That's what we're working towards. So we're working on being disciples of Jesus Christ. Ask the children to say the name with you and um, and work through that together as a class or as a family. You can talk about it as you feel like is appropriate for your group. You can also read chapter 43 in the Doctrine and Covenant stories that's called Jesus Christ Names His Church. Or in the friend, there's a the kind of synopsis in the kid's, like very young kid language. And I really, really like the way it's laid out. And it explains why it's important that we call it that. Um, I really like that story in the friend. Um, In Individuals and Families, it quotes President Nelson. And he said, the church's name is a matter of great importance. So what does the name of the church have to do with its work and its mission? I love focusing on that and thinking about why is it so important? Why, is, why are we emphasizing this name and who we are as a people? Um, you can read 3 Nephi 27 verses 5 through 10. kind of explains that a little bit. It says, Ye must take upon you the name of Christ, which is my name. For by this name shall ye be called at the last day. And whoso taketh upon him my name, and endureth to the end, the same shall be saved at the last day. Therefore, whatsoever ye shall do, ye shall do it in my name. Therefore ye shall call the church in my name, and ye shall call upon the Father in my name, that he will bless the church for my sake. And how be it my church, save it be called in my name? For if a church be called in Moses' name, then it be Moses' church; or if it be called in the name of a man, then it be the church of a man. But if it be called in my name, that it is my church, if it so be that they are built upon my gospel. Verily I say unto you that ye are built upon my gospel. Therefore ye shall call whatsoever things ye do call in my name. Therefore ye call upon the Father, for the church, if it be in my name, the Father will hear you. And if it so be that the church is built upon my gospel, then will the Father show forth his own works in it. Is that so beautiful and explain why we need to do things through the perfect mediator right the lord will hear us and will speak to us and will guide us when we are doing it through jesus christ um i love that when we're baptized we take his name upon us as well and that we promise to be like him and to remember him and we strive to act like him and treat others the way he would have us treat them, or he would treat them if he were here. So as we as a church try to act and follow in the way that Jesus would have us do, it's important to remember that, and we can remember that best when we recognize our right name and that we are his church. So a good thing to do as part of this lesson is to sing The Church of Jesus Christ, And I'm going to read the words. It says, I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know who I am. I know God's plan. I'll follow him in faith. I believe in the Savior Jesus Christ. I'll honor his name. I'll do what is right. I'll follow his light. His truth I will proclaim. I I love this. That we, because of belonging to the Church, we know exactly who we are. We know we're Heavenly Father's children. We know that we have a plan. There's such a beautiful plan that so many people don't know and don't understand that we can return to Heavenly Father and that we have a Savior who died for us so that we can do that and that there's opportunity for so many people to be saved. I hear so many people talk about heaven and hell, and it just makes me so sad that they don't see that there's more than just good and bad. There's there's so much, of whatever we're willing to accept, the Lord is just so willing to give us mercy and love and acceptance for whatever we accept from him, right? And so he has a place for each of us that I love, I love that knowledge by belonging to the church. I believe in the savior Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? And that we honor his name. And because we do that, we will do what's right and we follow his light. Isn't that so profound? And this these are the words our kids are learning and singing. So so cute and so beautiful. Um so Part of this is, you could read section 115, verse 5. This is verily a saying to you all, Arise and shine forth, that thy light may be a standard for the nations. That's part of our charge as members of the church, is to be an example and to be a light. Um, One of the activities you could do with this verse is have the kids stand up when you say the word arise. Um, And you could have them spread their fingers out like rays when when you say shine forth. So a little action to help them remember the verse. You could also sing a song about being a light to others like I am like a star, which is another one, at least our ward is learning this year. And that one is, I am like a star shining brightly, smiling for the whole world to see. I can do and say happy things each day, for I know Heavenly Father loves me. I love this song, and I think as an adult, these simple songs mean so much more to me because I have a stronger testimony of what these words are, and I love that we, we can act this way. We let the whole world see our smile and see our light, and that light comes because we know that we are Heavenly Father's children, and He loves us, and I am grateful that, for that love and that light. That can be part of our lives. That leads right into the next section. My example can help others come to Christ and find safety. So we arise, we shine forth, and hopefully because of that light, we can help others find Christ. And in Christ, they will find refuge. So... Um, in the manual it says, The children you teach likely know people who are being affected by the storms of life and need the refuge provided in the church. Consider how you will inspire the children to arise and shine forth and share their light with the people. these people. So uh, an activity you can do is pass around a flashlight or a picture of the sun or something that is light. When it's their turn to hold the light, invite the children to read Doctrine and Covenants 115, 4 through 5. And from that, name something they can do to shine forth like a light. So maybe you could read that as a class and then have each of the kids say something they can do to be a light. As they each get a turn to hold the like, flashlight or whatever it is you're passing. Um, so I'm going to read verses... Well, I'm going to read verse 5. It says, Verily I say unto you all, Arise and shine forth, that the light may be a standard for the nations. And then I wanted to also read 3 Nephi 18, verse 24. It says, Therefore, hold up your light, that it may shine unto the world. Behold, I am the light which ye shall hold up, that which ye have seen me do. Behold, ye see that I have prayed unto the Father, and ye all have witnessed. Um, you could also have the kids draw a picture depicting 115 verse 6. And that says, And the gathering together upon the land of Zion and upon her stakes may be for a defense and for a refuge from the storm and from wrath when it shall be poured out without mixture upon the whole earth. For example, with this, they could draw like a storm and um, like people like taking refuge in a a church um, to show that it's a safe place, which is a literal thing that happens, right? You hear so often of when there's hurricanes or flooding or earthquakes or other natural disasters that happen. And a lot of times church buildings end up being a place of refuge, a safe place where people can gather and find family members or get some food or a place to sleep for the night or whatever it may be. And often it's a place of organizing and um, where the volunteers go to get an assignment to go out and help. And so, in literal sense, church buildings can also be a refuge from the storm. But for me, very much so is a spiritual refuge from the storm. In the Individuals and Families Manual, it says, Would it work for your family to read these verses while watching a sunrise? It might help you to discuss what it means to arise and shine forth. Or you could also discuss what it is like to seek shelter during a storm. How could that experience be like finding refuge in the church? You could then talk about ways your family can help others enjoy the refuge the church provides. This is a good time if you've ever been somewhere where you've like gotten stuck in a storm or tried to stay dry somewhere, um, what you did to do that, how, and how you felt when you were out of the storm. Um, my family, um, about a month ago, well, Okay, it's been more than that now. (laughs) A few weeks ago, I guess. Um, We were on a camping trip, and one of the nights on our trip, it rained and rained and rained. Um, Like, the whole night. And when it started raining, we tried to get all of our stuff put in the car as fast as we could, all the stuff that was still out of the camp, in the campsite, right? And so we tried to get, you know things put away, get the kids in the tent. Um, it was bedtime. We were trying to get, you know, settled for the night. In the near future anyway. We had kind of finished dinner and roasted marshmallows and, and then the rain came. And so we got the food put away and we got the kids all in the tent. We got all in there together and zipped everything up and um we had luckily got like everything picked up on the campsite and put in the van and once we were in the tent we snuggled into our sleeping bags and got all in there and it just it felt safe and cozy and I was so grateful that my family was all with me and was all there together and um we had made some friends with some other families on the camping trip and I knew that they were all safe in their tents and I was thinking (laughs) it's interesting as we we talk about the stakes and and um and these things being a refuge, right? And I was thinking about the stakes on our tent and making sure that they were in the right place, and and hopefully they were holding everything tight enough so that the rain didn't like run into the tent. And um, it's just it was such a beautiful analogy for me to to realize and to recognize the importance of preparation and having a safe place and a safe of, and a refuge. Um, and so if you've had an experience like this. It's a great time to talk about that and talk about how the world can be a storm. I feel that so often. I tell people all the time, family mostly, how much I hate the world we live in right now. It just makes me so frustrated when I see the news and I see social media and I just, so many things that happen just make me so frustrated with how rude people are to each other and just all the evil and crazy things that are happening in the world and I just get so down when I hear and see these things and then I remember or I turn to the scriptures or I turn to general conference and I feel the spirit and I feel the peace and I go to church and I feel safe and connected to people there and I'm so grateful that we have that and um, what a blessing it is to be a member of the church and to To feel safe and to feel uh, protected from all these horrible things that are happening in the world. So, what a great blessing it is to be here. And hopefully we can invite others to join us there and to find that refuge and to find that safety that we have found as well. All right, the next section is Jesus Christ made the earth and everything that is in it. So this was a revelation given to William Marks and Newell K. Whitney. And it was to encourage them to sacrifice their property and move to Missouri. And the Lord was reminding them that he created everything. And um, so how do you think this could bless us or, and the children as we learn these things? Why is it important to know that the Lord created everything? So, one activity is that we could bring or draw pictures of the creations that it talks about in Doctrine and Covenants 117, verse 6. So, um, you could bring those pictures, you could draw them, or you could even have the kids draw them while you're reading. Um, or you could give them all an assignment or something. It's up to you. It says, For I have I not the fowls of heaven, and also the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the mountains? Have I not made the earth? Do I not hold the destinies of all the armies of the nations of the earth? So invite the kids to hold up or point to pictures as you read the verse. And um, have them talk about why it's important to know that Jesus Christ created these things. Another thing you could do with this is sing a song about the Lord's creations like, My Heavenly Father Loves Me. Let the children talk about some of the things that God created. That helped them feel his love for them. The next section is called. My sacrifices are sacred to the Lord. So we're talking about Noel K. Whitney. And these other people. That had to give up a lot. When they left Kirtland. Um, So you could talk to the kids about how they would feel. If they were asked to leave their store. If they had a big. Important successful store. How would they feel if they were asked to give that up? How would they feel if they were asked to give up their home and just leave? And a lot of them weren't able to sell their, like, we'll talk about that in a minute, but they didn't really get much for their properties when they left. Um, so, why is this important, or why is this? Think about how hard this would be for these people to leave all this behind. We're going to read Doctrine and Covenants 117, verses 1 through 11. And have the kids stop you when they hear something that would help them have faith to make sacrifices. It says, Verily, thus saith the Lord unto my servant William Marks, and unto my servant Newell K. Whitney, let them settle up their business speedily, and journey from the land of Kirtland, before I, the Lord, send again the snows upon the earth. Let them awake, and arise, and come forth, and not tarry, for I, the Lord, command it, Therefore, if they tarry, it shall not be well with them. Let them repent of all their sins and of all their covetous desires before me, saith the Lord, for what is property unto me, saith the Lord. Let the properties of Kirtland be turned out for debts, saith the Lord. Let them go, saith the Lord, and whatsoever remaineth, let it remain in your hands, saith the Lord. For For have I not the fowls of heaven, and also the fish of the sea and the beasts of the mountains? Have I not made the earth? Do I not hold the destinies of all the armies of the nations of the earth? Therefore will I not make solitary places to bud and to blossom and to bring forth in abundance, saith the Lord? Is there not room enough on the mountains of adam on Diamond and on the plains of Olaha, Sineha, or the land where Adam dwelt, that you should covet that should be that which is but the drop and neglect the more weighty matters? Therefore, come up hither unto the land of my people, even Zion. Let my servant William Marks be faithful over a few things, and he shall be a ruler over many. Let him preside in the midst of my people in the city of Far West, and let him be blessed with the blessings of my people. Let my servant Noel K. Whitney be ashamed of the Nicolaitan band and of all their secret abominations, and of all his little littlestness of soul before me, saith the Lord. And come up to the land of Adam on Diamond, and be a bishop unto my people, saith the Lord. Not in name, but in deed, saith the Lord. So, (laughs) pretty intense. But what do we sacrifice today to follow the Lord? I think sometimes we have to sacrifice our pride. I know I do. We have to sometimes sacrifice money, which we can get to later in the lesson. We sacrifice time, comfort. We often sacrifice um, our spouses. Do you have a spouse that has a busy calling in the church? That can be huge, and that can be a sacrifice for your family. Um, So to kind of review or to remind the kids what happened, um, the saints had to leave Kirtland. Because of persecution, um, sadly, the persecution was from some of their own members, people that had turned against the church. There was a really hard experience going on at this time where the the debts of the church were weighing heavily, and there was a financial crisis, and the bank that they had there kind of uh, it failed. And a lot of people lost faith in Joseph because he, he was the one who started this bank, and he didn't foresee this financial crisis, and so a lot of people lost faith in him. Plus, they were frustrated because everyone was struggling with this financial crash, and and the the, um, just a lot of there'd already been some animosity and some anger and some feelings negative feelings towards Joseph kind of building over the years and so um quite a few people left the church and were starting to threaten the members who were still members of the church and so they were told that they needed to leave Kirtland and not be there anymore and so they left and so this is reminding these people that it's time for them to leave So another part with this is that, um, there was a man named Oliver Granger who was asked to stay in Kirtland. So some of these people, their sacrifice was to leave everything behind. For Oliver Granger, his sacrifice was to stay behind alone amidst this persecution and, His job was to try to sell off property and to try to pay the church's debts. So why do you think this would be such a difficult job? Um, Well, first of all, in my opinion, (laughs) he... I would feel so alone because everyone around you is probably used to be your friends and now they hate you and they're threatened to hurt you. Also, no one wants to buy anything. <laughs> there is a financial crisis happening. Um, plus, there's a lot of land and a lot of property that needs to be sold. And you're kind of desperate to sell it. And so, it's it's hard. It would be very hard. So let's read Doctrine and Covenants 117 verse 13. It would help Oliver or any of us to help make sacrifices to obey the Lord says, therefore, let him contend earnestly for the redemption of the first presidency of my church, saith the Lord. And when he falls, he shall rise again. For his sacrifice shall be more sacred unto me than his increase, saith the Lord. Um, there's a talk by President Packer that is so good. And I loved it so much. It's called The Least of These, and it's from October of 2004. And I want to read some of this because he paints this picture so much, so much better than I can. He says, when the saints were driven from Kirtland, Ohio, in a scene that would be repeated in Independence, Far West, and in Nauvoo, Oliver was left behind to sell their properties for what little he could. There was not much chance that he could succeed. And really, he did not succeed. But the Lord said, let him contend earnestly for the redemption of the first presidency of my church, saith the Lord. And when he falls, he shall rise again, for his sacrifice shall be more sacred unto me than his increase, saith the Lord. What did Oliver Granger do that his name should be held in sacred remembrance? Nothing much, really. It was not so much what he did as what he was. When we honor Oliver, much, perhaps even most of the honor, should go to Lydia Dibble Granger, his wife. Oliver and Lydia finally left Kirtland to join the Saints in far west Missouri, they had gone but a few miles from Kirtland when they were turned back by a mob. Only later did they join the saints at Nauvoo. Oliver died at age forty seven, leaving Lydia to look after their children. The Lord did not expect Oliver to be perfect, perhaps not even to succeed. When he falls he shall rise again, for his sacrifice shall be more sacred unto me than his increase, saith the Lord. We can always expect we cannot always expect to succeed, but we should try the best we can. For I, the Lord, will judge all men according to their works, according to the desire of their hearts. And later he says, the Lord did not say of Oliver, if he falls, but when he falls, he shall rise again. I really, really love this talk. And he really emphasized that the ordinary and the weak people of the earth are the ones that the Lord has called upon to do his work. And so he's talking about us. We are the ordinary. We are the weak. We are these people that the Lord has asked us to sacrifice and to do hard things. And he says, when he falls, he shall rise again. What about us? When we fall, when we don't succeed with something, we will rise again. Do you ever feel like a failure as a parent or a failure in your calling? You're a horrible ministering sister or brother. You just can't ever get it right. Or maybe you just failed this month or this week or today. But when we fall, we can rise again. And we do that through our Savior, Jesus Christ, because He is our strength. And He lets us repent and He lets us try again. And because we have the opportunity to try and try again, we can be strong and we can do the Lord's work especially because it's his work, it will not fail. And when we are trying our best to do it, the Lord can use us. And I appreciate that he has faith in us and he allows us the opportunities to learn through these hard things that he's asked us to do. Sometimes I wonder, why did he ask me to raise these children? I'm not good at it. Why has he asked me to have Certain callings. Because I there have been callings that I've had that I feel like not even close to qualifying for. There is no way I could do this calling. It is way too hard for me. But the Lord asks us to do these things knowing our failings. And knowing that we will fail at some of the things. But it's a learning opportunity and a chance for us to grow. And to rise up again. And to lean on the Lord through the things that are hard and I hope that we all can see opportunities for growth and for renewal and recognize that our strength and our ability to accomplish these tasks come through Jesus Christ. So I hope you guys <laughs> not getting too heavy for you, but we'll move on to the next topic. The last section is Tithing helps the church do God's work. So a lot of the kids that we're teaching are really young and they may not be quite ready to pay tithing yet or at least they're not earning money to pay tithing but it's good for them to start understanding how tithing contributes to this work and how um, how it can help <laughs> with all these things that the church is trying to do. So explain how we pay tithing and what it is used for. You can use chapter 44 in Doctrine and Covenants stories, or um, you can just explain it in your own words. Um, one idea is you could draw 10 coins on the board and have the kids help you count them and show them that out of every 10, one of them goes to Heavenly Father. Another thing you could do is give them. This is an idea in the Individuals and Families manual. It says that you could give have the kids like have 10 things, like 10 objects. Basically practice finding one in 10, right? So you have 10 Legos, put one in the pile. Have 10 stuffed animals, we put one in the pile or whatever it is. Um if you have like pretend money that could be fun to play with or work or even real money, have the kids count out pennies. Um and have them actually do this as part of like family home evening or something. Um So then, what do we use this for, right? So the next idea is have the kids think of a friend that might see one of our church buildings or a temple. And they could say, how does your church pay for that building? And you could say and explain how tithing works, right? So it suggests that we read section 119 verse 4 and section 120 verse 1. And I'm going to read those I'll start with 119:4 says and after that those who have thus been tithed shall pay one tenth of all their interest annually and this shall be a standing law unto them forever for my holy priesthood saith the lord and then 120 this is what they're told to do with the money that they get from the people it says verily thus saith the lord the time is now come that it shall be disposed of by a council Composed of the first presidency of my church and of the bishop and his council. And by my high council and by mine own voice unto them, saith the Lord. Even so, amen. So um, there's a talk by Elder Bednar that explains this a little bit more. But he said that this is the first presidency, the presiding bishopric. And when he talks about my high council, that's the um, Quorum of the Twelve. And so that makes up the council that decides how the tithing should be used. And they do so with the direction of Jesus Christ. It says, help the children think of things the church is able to do because of tithing. How do these things bless our lives? So the kids can brainstorm. I'm sure this has been a topic that's been taught before and hopefully the kids remember. Um, But Elder Bednar has a list in his talk that I loved because he says everything that it's used for. He says these sacred funds are used in a rapidly growing church to spiritually bless individuals and families by constructing and maintaining temples and houses of worship, supporting missionary work, translating and publishing scriptures, fostering family history research, funding schools and religious education, and accomplishing many other church purposes as directed by the Lord's ordained servants. And then he also explains, he says, In the financial operations of the church, two basic and fixed principles are observed. First, the church lives within its means and does not spend more than it receives. Second, a portion of the annual income is set aside as a reserve for contingencies and unanticipated needs. Isn't that cool? That the church lives by the principles that it teaches. It teaches us to live within our means and to save for the future, and that is exactly what the church as a whole does with our tithing money, and I think that is really cool. All right, so back to the manual. It's time to share feelings about the law of tithing and how it has blessed you. So there's a couple things here you can read in the friend. There's a story called Two Envelopes. It's about a boy who's given money for, um. it's Chinese New Year gets some money and so all the kids are talking about what they're going to spend their money on and this little boy decides that he's going to pay his tithing first and then he can spend the rest of his money on something else and he talks about how good it makes him feel to give money to Heavenly Father. Also in the front, there's something called a tithing puzzler and it's basically like a Sudoku puzzle where you have pictures of different things you do with tithing, that the tithing's used for and you have to try to figure out where the pictures go in the boxes to kind of like a Sudoku. Um, you can also sing a song about tithing. Like I want to give my, the sorry, I want to give the Lord of my 10th, which is a song I've never heard before. <laughs> and tell the children why you choose to pay tithing. Um, and we can share a personal story. So I wanted to read this, the words to this song because I'd never heard it before. And I figured You would like to know what song this is, like me. (laughs) I want to give the Lord my tenth, for every time I do, it makes me think of all the gifts he gives to me and you. He gives us life, this lovely world, and though my tenth seems small, it shows my faith and gratitude to him, the Lord of all. I love the message that this song teaches, and how important it is that we show gratitude to the Lord by paying our tithing. So let's get into this talk by Elder Bernard because it's, again, when I read the talks that they suggest, I'm always just like, oh, that was so good. I want to share everything, but I'll try to not share everything. Um, So this is called Windows of Heaven, and it was from October 2013. He says, often as we teach and testify about the law of tithing, we emphasize the immediate, dramatic, and readily recognizable temporal blessings that we receive, and surely such blessings do occur. Yet some of the diverse blessings we obtain as we are obedient to this commandment are significant but subtle. Such blessings can be discerned only if we are both spiritually attentive and observant. He told a story in the talk about his mother-in-law who kept ledgers of their family finances, and like forever. <laughs> and so, I guess as he was, te- she was showing these ledgers to Sister Bednar, Susan. And, um, so this is Susan's mother who was doing this and she was showing her this and they were surprised to see that the family's medical expenses were lower than you would expect. And through the years, like forever, they were always low and they were remarking upon how surprising this was. And, um, they um, her mom just said to her, Oh, it must be because we paid our tithing, and just like so simple that her testimony of this blessing came because of tithing. And Elder Bednar's comments about how we need to be spiritually attentive and observant because often these blessings will go unnoticed because they're so subtle or they're so, um. You don't really recognize them till it's in the future, right? Like you look back on your life and you're like, wow, that was a blessing and that blessed my life so much. It must have been because I was paying my tithing. Some people may not ever say that I'm like, wow, that was unusual, whatever, right? But if we're looking at it with our spiritual eyes and we're being observant and thinking about our, um, our faithfulness to the Lord, we can recognize his hand in our life when we have done what he's asked us to do. So Elder Benark goes on, he says, A subtle but significant blessing we receive is the spiritual gift of gratitude that enables our appreciation for what we have to constrain desires for what we want. A grateful person is rich in contentment. An ungrateful person suffers in the poverty of endless discontentment. Isn't that true? When we pay our tithing, this kind of goes back to that song, when we pair tithing, we are showing Heavenly Father that we're grateful and is reminding us of all the things that he gives us. Um, it also shows the Lord that we recognize that our blessings come from him. We're giving back some of what he has given us. And um, I appreciate the opportunity we have to show him and to give something back to him because I feel like I owe him so much. And it's a great opportunity to to show the Lord our gratitude and show him how much we appreciate the blessings that we have in our life. So he, Elder Bednar lists so many subtle things that might happen because of tithing. Um, so he talks about you might need employment, and so you might be able to um, discern the right type of job opportunities to like look into or to apply to. Or you might be willing to, because of paying your tithing, the Lord might bless you with perseverance and so you don't give up. He might also bless you um, with interacting with the right people so that you find the right job. He talks about, you know, once you have the job or if you already have a job and you're not looking for work, but you might receive like an increase or you might receive... um, different things that can happen to you at work or whatever. But he also says, the honest, sorry, we might want to expect a larger paycheck, but the blessing that comes to us through heavenly windows may be greater capacity to change our own circumstances rather than expecting our circumstances to be changed by someone or something else. The honest payment of tithing is much more than a duty. It is an important step in the process of personal sanctification To those of you who pay your tithing, I commend you. To those of you who presently are not paying the law of tithing, I invite you to consider your ways and repent. I testify that by your obedience to this law of the Lord, the windows of heaven will be opened to you. Please do not procrastinate the day of your repentance. And I want to end with just sharing with you my testimony that when we sacrifice and we make an effort to do what the Lord's asked of us and to put aside our own will and our own desires so we will be blessed and if we can teach that to our kids and help them recognize and have these habits as they're younger hopefully they will go forward as amazing people uh, growing up into the church and and that they will not struggle with um, paying their tithing and sacrificing for the Lord and They'll accept their callings and they'll do what they need to do to, to work in the in the Lord's church. I'm grateful that we have an inspired prophet who's asked us to use the correct name of the church. It is a huge blessing to see others and how they respond. And I'm grateful for the the talks that have been given recently that have pointed this out and, and shown how many people are responding to the correct name of the church. And, I hope you are using it and I encourage you to teach your kids to use it that way as well. So I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope October is treating you well and that you are in the full into fall. So have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you all next week.